Leslie, who was in charge of the list I was on is awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, pretty, pretty wonderful trainer, but unbelievable rider. And I like that he's coaching and he's still in it. Like, I like that he teaches you a lesson, then you can go beat him if you really learn. Yeah. Um, which I never did. He always beat me, but. Welcome to the Major League Eventing Podcast, the show for eventing fans, by eventing fans. And as usual, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Cowboy Magic. Thank you so much, Cowboy Magic. Karen, what do we have this week? This week, we have the Cowboy Magic Concentrated Rosewater Conditioner. It is a new innovation in the equine market. As it is massaged in, the formula will dissolve mineral and chemical buildup deposited by water. After rinsing, the hair will be left in an ultra-clean, almost virgin state. That's awesome stuff, Karen. The stuff is amazing. You can They're even using it on people, Karen. Yes, they are. Yes. So it's amazing stuff. Wonderful. Get it. it long, it's long-lasting. It's fantastic stuff. So thank you so much, Cowboy Magic. We sure do appreciate it. You had the best products. and uh, we're We just, love them. We're just so so happy to be on your squad. So thanks a lot, Cowboy Magic. Triple Crown Feed. Oh, man. yeah. Triple Crown. Big fans of Triple Crown Feed. Um, they have a t- tons of, of great products out there. Mm-hmm. Premium stuff. Um, Karen, what do you got to say over there? So Triple Crown has formulas that are tailored to your horse's unique needs and help support immunity and gut health. Find your local Triple Crown Feed dealer by going to triplecrownfeed.com. Triplecrownfeed.com. That's a little bit of a tongue twister. It Triplecrownfeed.com. They have a great feed locator. They have yes. a great feed com- comparison tool on their website. I encourage everyone to get over there. Check out Triple Crown Feed's website. Check out the different products. Check out what makes them so special. And give them a shot, right, Karen? Oh, yeah. Support the people to support the show. Equilume, Karen. Equilume. Yeah, so Equilume is the world leader in the research and development of lighting solutions that maximize the horse's health, performance, and overall well-being. The Equilume stable lights and cast shell light mass are game changers for performance horses. By replicating natural sunlight and allowing them to receive the optimum level of biologically effective light, whether they are stabled, out grazing, or traveling to competition, the scientifically developed Equilume lighting products support the horse's body clock, positively influencing mood and behavior while helping to maintain muscle tone, strengthen immunity, and ensure a sleek and shiny coat, Karen. Wow. Do you know who else uses Equilume? Who else, Karen? The USCA Rider of the Year, Liz Halday sharp I love Liz. So she told us about her experience using the products by saying... We used the Equilume Stable Lights and Cashel Light Mask on De Niro in the run-up to Tryon and during our stay there. I have to say, it's the most outstanding he has ever felt on the last day. I think if a horse is getting good light, resting well, and feeling their best, it's only going to help them perform better and feel better. Absolutely. So learn more, Karen, at Equilume.com. Equilume.com. Taylor Harris Insurance Services. There for all equestrians, amateur and the professional. For all types and all breeds. No matter what discipline or level, Taylor Harris is committed to excellence in serving you and protecting the horses you love. Taylor Harris Insurance Services. 
your worldwide equine insurance specialists. I'm Karen. And I'm Rob. Karen, very excited for today's Major League Event. Yes, podcast. yes, we are. We're, we traveled all the way to Ocala, Florida, Karen. Oh, I wish we did. <laughs> I wish, I wish we, did, we did. So uh, welcome to the show, Alex O'Neill. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I'm a big fan. Oh, oh. We're, big fans, we're big fans of the O'Neill clan, that's for oh, sure. Oh, thanks. I'll tell you what, I've kind of fallen off the, I bet you I could listen to a bunch of shows you've done. I think back when we were road tripping and horse showing normally, like before COVID, it was a great thing to listen to. And now I don't sit in the truck as long with all the stuff that's kind of gotten pushed to the side. So I, I'm sure I've got a few episodes to catch up on. Yeah, yeah. We haven't missed one yet. No. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know. We're at 200. We're a little over 200 shows total in total deep. So, and it's our awesome. three year anniversary. Yeah, it's a three year anniversary. There you go. So there you go. We're bringing in the new year with the heavy hitters. We're bringing in the third year heavy hitters. <laughs> so, hey, so uh, we know. Uh, well, well, I ever mentioned Ocala. Is that where you're coming to us from right now? Are you in Ocala? Yeah, I'm. I'm technically in Reddick, so I'm like one okay. street north of Ocala. But like, if I look that way, I can see Ocala. I'm right, <laughs> I'm right there. I'm close enough, just a little north, kind of off 75, you know, the main main drag that goes through everybody's place, um, like five minutes off of that. So just a little north. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. And we called you, now we don't, We always did our interviews midweek because we try not to, the, the, the eventers aren't showing so much, so we right. try to catch them at home. Mm-hmm. Little did we know, Karen, we completely brain farted. <laughs> right, and the Ocala International Festival of Eventing is going on. And you're competing, right? Yeah, it's uh, I've got I got two horses doing the one star. So the new new one star, not like the old, not former one star. that's now two. Um, I've got two horses doing the, the one star and then a bunch of babies going. So it's a busy week, but it's local and it's a great show and they do an awesome job. So it'd be, it'd be a shame not to be, you know, running around trying to make sure we've got enough horses to go to it. It's, yeah. It's a great show. Wow. Definitely. So what's that like? We've never been to that. Is the festival just running all week or does it start midweek or what's this about? It goes, it started um, today with the trot up. Sorry, I'll, I'll turn that up. Started with the trot up or the check-in yesterday for the, the FEI horses. And then the trot up was this morning. The advanced went today, the dressage and show jumping, and then they do press country tomorrow. And then the FEI stuff does dressage tomorrow. Kind of classic, you know, press country Saturday, Sunday jog up and then uh show jump and then they've got where well, they have they have novice through advanced and they've never done an advance this time of year so that's great and we're really lucky to have that and a lot of people have worked really hard i think to put it on because we've been talking about needing one um and then fei they have one two three and the fir- it's the first time they've had a one star and i've never done a one star because it's so new um so i'm excited to, to do that i think it'll be fun yeah, really, really cool. Hmm. So, what horses do you have there? We don't, we, we, you know, this is a first to having someone mid mid show. So, can you tell us like yeah. who you have there? We've got, um, we've got Ellie in our my stallion, Red Tail Achiever. He's six this year. He's done one prelim. Um, we thought it'd be kind of cool to get him in into an FEI event. You know, he's just six and he's a full thoroughbred, so it's kind of like I'm, I'm trying to bring him up a little bit quiet and make sure that he under, understands everything. He's not doing the, um. He's not doing the two star yet, but it's just kind of a fun event to get him out to. You know, I think it. And he's got some babies now. I joke that now that he's a dad, he's got he's got to put up. So. <laughs> and then uh, the other horse I got in the one star is Red Tail Penumbra, and that's one of Ellie's horses that we bred actually here. Um, she's out of her old four star mare True Dynamite by a stallion called Kevin Z, who's got a bunch of big 
event horses in Europe and here. Um, and she's awesome. She's just six as well. Ellie's done a great job on her. She's won, I think, every level through Modified. Um, she did put her in the middle of a tricaner and tore her labrum in her shoulder. So I'm mm-hmm. here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's a great horse. Like, it's just young horses. You know, they, they are hot one day and then the next day they're a bit like, you know, they make mistakes. So yeah. I'm riding her for a bit and then we'll get her going, figure out what she does. But two really great horses. And they're cool because they're, you know, achiever we've had for a while and he's our stallion and kind of our pride and joy and then the other one we bred so it's fun to have horses that we've kind of made up and yeah done stuff yeah definitely well that's exciting so he's a stallion he's six and he's doing a one star so i think that seems pretty i mean i think that seems pretty good yeah, you know? yeah. and he's yeah. And he's making no. you money he's, he's and he's and he's breeding all right i'll tell you what ellie always said like oh you know we'll make money selling breedings and doing that stuff and i kind of thought oh, it sounds like a pain in the ass but <laughs> i think that I think it's awesome. I mean, and actually we have like this year, we've probably covered five other mares for other people. And, you know, it's like 500 bucks pop. So it's not a fortune, but it pays for his show entries, pays for his vet bills. And it's awesome. Yeah. It's really fun. That is awesome. That's fantastic. Very cool. So we're going to ask, I'm going to talk more about the stain a little bit. Cause I got, I got questions. Yeah. On, got- we'll, we'll make people wait for that. Yeah. You know I mean, they got to keep wait. them in suspense. Suspense. <laughs> <laughs> So Alex, before we get into that, can you tell us yeah. how you got in, got your start in riding and then into eventing? So I grew up in um, like Northwest suburbs of Chicago and I lived there. I mean, I, you know, born and raised there. My horse family was pretty horsey. My mom did hunter jumpers um, kind of before I was born and then a little bit when I was really little and then kind of faded off. She had, I'm one of four, so she was busy with that. And then um, my dad played a little bit of polo and was kind of just around horses and like good, good horseman type of thing. Um, so they met through that. And then we grew up in um, a town called Wayne, Illinois, which I don't know if you guys remember, there was an event called Wayne to Page. Yeah. Probably, I don't know that it, uh, it, might, it probably was 10 plus years ago that they had it. And then another one called Maui Gym in July and they'd run through, it'd be now for short. Um, but great horse shows. And I grew up like, you know, miles away from those. I lived on the same road. They had the show. So I kind of saw that side of it and I did pony club and, um, started eventing when I was like 10 or 11, uh, and just kind of kept going. Like it, it wasn't, I loved it. It wasn't something I was obsessed with right away, but then I kind of got, you know, more excited about it as I got older. And then you try to figure out what you can do for a living. And and at that point, once I kind of got into where I was, I graduated high school early, actually. And then I went um, down to Florida with the, the trainer that I had at the time with my horse to try to get qualified for young riders when I was, I guess, 17. Um, came down here and kind of saw a different side of it because in Chicago is basically, you know, you, you might have an event horse or two and then you teach lessons all day. And I didn't really think that that was something I wanted to do. But when I came down here and saw the different kind of versions of the businesses you could run, I thought it was a lot more interesting than I did growing up. Um, and I was supposed to go to school that fall and then I deferred and kind of went against my parents and <laughs> one year turned into like 12 or however long it's been now. So <laughs> the deferment, I, I kind of quietly got obsessed. Like I didn't, I really liked it and I loved horses, but I never thought I'd do it for a living at that point. And then over time, I was like, well, what else would I love doing as much as I, as much as I love doing this type of thing. Yeah. So hmm. that's kind of the 
how I got into it. And then I got really lucky along the way. Like I worked for some awesome people and kind of one of those things, like I think if you work hard enough, you kind of get opportunities and then you go from there, you know, you, you kind of make the most of them. I got lucky that way. I would say. Yeah. Well, who yeah. were some like, well, you came down or you said you worked for a trainer that would come down and then did you leave that trainer and, and is bounce around? Yes. I worked, for, I worked for a lady named Kathy Jones. It's from Chicago and actually lives here now. Um, I was a working student for her. And then I worked for, um, I worked for John Holling for oh, maybe 18 months. Um, from the time I was like 17 to 19 and he was my young rider coach back in Chicago. So I knew him from that and I really liked him. Like I looked up to him a lot. I do look up to him a lot and he was a good friend. Um, and so I think that I was kind of drawn to him because I thought he was, you know, good rider, successful, and just a cool guy. Um, and we became really good friends and he was actually the best man at my wedding. Wow. Uh, so I was there for 18 months and I didn't really have, like I had some horses at that time, but I kind of bring them along and sell them and turn them over. And then I got to where I was like, you know, doing kind of more grooming than riding, um, which I like doing for him because we're good friends and he's a cool guy, but I kind of needed to move on and figure out how to progress. So I went home for a bit you know, a month or two. And then I went to work for Denise Rath and that started with like riding two or riding a lot of horses, but competing two or three at a show. And then it was like five or six and it got kind of crazy in a good way. Um, but she was wonderful. I mean, she gave me tons of horses to ride a lot of opportunities. She helped me and kind of like jump started everything. And I got my first advanced horse there and got to ride him. It was a horse she owned. Um, I got to go to young riders very unsuccessfully. <laughs> but I still got to go, which like when you're a kid, right. You, you know, how many kids try and your horse breaks down or whatever. I mean, I was just happy to get a shot to, to try to do it when I was like 21 and then kept going. I was there for like three or four years. And then I got a job working for Clayton, um, Fredericks. I was there for like a year and that was another great opportunity. Like, you know, Olympic silver medalist, world games, gold medalist, or whatever the, whatever the finishes were, I can't remember off the top of my head, but you know, top sales horses, good rider. He was the Canadian coach at that time. So I got to ride more than I think I probably would now for him. Cause he's doing the riding thing so heavily, but, um, but another great, great mentor, like followed Denise really well. I don't think she was thrilled that I took the job, but you know, it was great. I mean, he, he taught me a lot and it was really cool because you wouldn't get like a million lessons riding, but this was a somebody whose vested interest was to get these horses sold for a lot of money and make them successful. So you learned how to ride them really well and produce results. And, um, he gave me a great opportunity. And then from there, I kind of started dating Ellie and actually just had too many horses. Like I couldn't, I couldn't work for him and do my own thing the way I was doing it at this place. Like if he started with, you know, seven or eight horses in work and I had one or two, which is kind of how we started together. And then by the end, it was like 50, 50, like it was 20 stall bar. And I had like eight, he had 10 and, and he was, you know, he kind of made his name here, even though it was so successful, um, in England and kind of all around the world, he started to really pick up and, and he's really kaboomed over the last couple of years, um, into you know, a huge success here in this country, riding wise, coaching wise, business wise. So I went, you know, I just kind of said, what are we doing? What's the plan? And we both were like, well, you know, we, we want to keep growing. And for me, it was moving on and having my own business for him. It was kind of having somebody that 
didn't have as many horses and would maybe ride for him and groom more. Um, so then I, I was dating Ellie when I started that job. And then um, we got a farm kind of shortly after that. And that kind of made the transition for us because we were going to have a barn together and stuff like that. Um, and we were really lucky. Her mom supported us in a huge way and in, in investing into this farm and given us a place to kind of hang our hat and start a business really. And that's when it started. That's when we started kind of O'Neill Equestrian. And that has kind of turned into, you know, what it is now, which is a lot of buying and selling of horses, some horses in training and a lot of breeding. Um, that's kind of the big thing we're, we're getting really excited about because some of these horses are coming through and like Penumbra is the first one we've bred that's doing FEI. Um, and she'd be the youngest. Like, it's not that we've bred a lot of bad ones. It's that it's been six years, you know, it takes time. Mm -hmm. We've got some others that hopefully will follow in her footsteps, but that's kind of the road that that got me to, to here to where I'm sitting right now. Wow. So a lot of good luck, a lot yeah. of cool, <laughs> a lot of great people. So you had a, so there, there was a point in time where I, like you said, right out of high school, when you took the little time to go to Acala, there wasn't like a, at that point in time, you didn't, you didn't look of it as a career. You just, or, you know, I just want to ride a little bit more. Like when did Yeah. You I kind of felt like I had gotten close, like, you know, like you're a kid and you want to do young riders cause that's what everybody wants to do. And then by the time I, like the first time I tried to go when I was like 17, the horse got hurt and, and I wouldn't like, I was kind of disappointed, but I was like, Oh, well, this really isn't that big of a deal. You know, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that big of a deal, but I also wasn't ready to just stop riding, which is kind of, I kind of thought if I went and did that, then I'd be happy and I would have enjoyed the work I put into it. And I could go on and go to college and sell my horse and stuff. But I was like, Oh, this is nothing. You know, this milestone really means nothing. Um, and I think it goes both ways. Like I think people joke about, Oh, you know, you have these young riders, superstars that win everything and then you never hear from them again. Um, and I was the opposite. I mean, I sucked. I did horrible. <laughs> like the young rider stuff I did do, um, didn't go well at all. And then I think, you know, I wonder if it had gone well, if I'd have been so motivated to keep riding actually, but it really, and in life too, right? Like it's a, it's one horse show. It's one, four days out of a year that you're like, Oh, this is so exciting and important and it takes all this work. And then sometimes it goes well and you're like, okay, great. What do I do now? And then sometimes it goes terrible and you're like, it doesn't matter. You know, you still gotta wake up and feed the horse on Monday, figure out how to be better. So I think that I've, I think that figuring that out lured me into riding longer than I, I thought I would and lured me into the career path that I went down, which if I hadn't done this, I had no idea what I would do anyway. So yeah. I think I was kind of kidding myself. Like I didn't think I wanted to do it for a living, but I also loved it and didn't know what else I was going to do. So yeah. it's kind of a funny thing. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, when you, when you work for all these people, I mean, you definitely know what the job takes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I right. mean, it's not, it's not like uh, yeah. all of a sudden you went from riding as a hobby and then said, I'm going to get out on my own. You, 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 totally. you, you signed on knowing what you were getting into for sure. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, I was never like, I wasn't a bad student, but I never, got into that. Like, and I'm like sitting around at home or not sitting around at home, sitting around in school and, you know, doing that type of work. I just would rather be out doing stuff. And horses was the perfect thing. I mean, you're always, there's always something to do, even if you hate what you're doing in that moment, like there's always work, there's always something going wrong. Like <laughs> I, I think the chaos is kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned like you're in the current, the current business. So now you guys are in Reddick. Is this your year round base? Yeah. So we went, when Ellie and I uh, got this place, we did like 
oh, let's say like eight months here. And then we went up to Columbus, Ohio, which is where Ellie's from. And her family had a beautiful farm there um, that actually just got sold this last year. But we would go there and do, you know, three or four months. And we'd hit like events up by you guys. We do plantation, um, Richland Park, which was like one of my favorite events. I thought those people were so awesome. They did such a good job putting on a horse show. So when they, when Richland Park stopped happening, we kind of stopped going because it was kind of our destination event. Like you could go and get all your FEI horses going in August, which was great. And then hit plantation and Fairhill and stuff. But um, it just wasn't like Ohio is a, it's a great place to live. Ellie would argue with you. She didn't like living there, but it's a cool spot to be from. It's not the best place to, to run a horse business, at least in the capacity we wanted to do it. Like, our business is more sale and breeding based and in Ohio it's, it's a lot of lessons. Um, and there's really no local shows. Like I want to say they have two on the calendar in Ohio and beyond that, wow. you go to the horse park, which, which isn't far. It's like three and a half hours, but you know, there's no real opportunity to like, you know, buy and sell horses and, and do what I wanted to do. And, and Ellie wants to ride and do the high performance stuff. So those two ideas didn't really, you know, mesh in ohio so yeah. we kind of just moved on yeah so and then you so you mentioned the current business is mostly all it's it's it's, it's breeding and sales and, and training so can yeah. you kind of un- unpack that a little bit and kind of elaborate a little bit more on each of those facets so i would say it i would say it started more um when we got the place it was kind of like we have ellie and i have a handful of horses that are just competition horses you know like horses we're keeping to produce and you know, some of them have some owners, some of them, we are the owners, kind of a, a little bit of a mix, like let's say 50, 50. And then we've got like probably, probably six to eight horses that we're hoping to hold on to. Um, and there's some owners mixed in and like Ellie's mom is, is one of them. Actually, she's an awesome supporter of us. And then we've got horses in training and that, I would say that's fairly seasonal, but it's kind of, you know, whenever we have space to take horses in training, which isn't super often, but we do a bit of that. And then the breeding has the, been the big thing. Like we'll breed. I think we've got four foals due this year. Um, we had two last year, you know, two before that. So we've kind of got everything coming from weanlings to we've got two, three-year-olds, one, three-year-old, whatever it is, but we've got, you know, horses each year that are coming up that we've bred. Um, you know, and Ellie and I have ridden a lot of the mothers, which is really cool. We've got the stallion now that we're, we've both ridden a bit. So that's kind of the the exciting thing. Um, wow. And I think that when we breed, you know, a horse that isn't like a, a stallion that we think could be the real deal or has the potential to go to the top level, I think we'll keep it intact and, and we'll kind of do what we've done with the Cheever and bringing them along nice and slow and breeding them, but keeping them as a sport horse as well. Because I think that's kind of a, a funny thing that doesn't happen. Like you, you, you think of, you know, a breeder with, stallions that just runs that side of the business but you don't know any breeders that ride their horses and produce them up the levels and i think that'd be cool like ellie kind of was the one that had the idea but now that i'm doing it on that horse and you know she's supporting it and and thinks it's a good idea i think that that's a cool angle like it's one thing to just buy old you know broken event horses and breed them but i think to actually like compete them and do some embryos and really know what they are when you reproduce them, I think is a pretty cool thing to do. Yeah. You know, if 10 years down the road, none of them pan out, then I might be sitting here saying something. <laughs> well, so, right now, 
so a couple questions about the breeding because this is probably the first time we've had someone on that's competing the stallion and so um red tail achiever that's your stallion six-year-old stallion right yeah so so first of all red tail that's your your farm's prefix is that right yeah so that's so ellie grew up in ohio from when she was you know two three years old at at the farm called red tail ridge and then we when we got this place down here, we named it Redtail Ridge South. So the name has kind of lived on. That farm's been sold in Ohio, but um, we've carried on the name. And and anything that's Redtail, actually, with the exception of Achiever, Achiever we bought as a young horse um, and and gave him that prefix. It was Achiever formerly was his proper name, and then we added Redtail. So anything Redtail that you would see competing is something we've bred, which I think is cool because I think there's a lot of, and I have no problem with you know the Cooley Fernhill. Um, Redfield is another one that is becoming really big down here. There's no, that's totally fine. But I think that, you know, to have a horse actually with the red tail name means that we've all put hands on it, which I think is cool. Yeah. yeah right. That's really cool. So your other horse that you're competing in a cow, red tail, how, how do you pronounce that? Penumbra. 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 It's something that, and if Ellie were here, she, she, she's in there somewhere. But if she were here, she'd know the exact definition because she looked it up and she looked up, you know, a, a list of words and names. And it's something to do with like a lunar eclipse. And it's like the term for maybe when it happens or it's some version of that. But um, so that's that's the other one I'm competing. And she's six. She's out of True Dynamite, who Ellie rode four star, wow. you know, years ago, kind of when we met. And then um, she is by Kevin Z, who's got. A really great horse named Burrow Pennies that Victoria Panzerone rides for Italy or did ride. I think maybe it's older now, um, but he's bred some great horses. He was a jumper himself, so they all tend to jump really well. Um, and yeah, she's she's amazing. She's great, That's really cool. cool. But our, like Ellie had a fall on her a few weeks ago, mm. and or I guess kind of end of February. And so I'm kind of riding her just to to take a little bit of pressure off Ellie while she's focusing on the other horses and stuff. Gotcha. But, and the, the stallion, so you bought him, he said he's a thoroughbred. What mm-hmm. um, was, can you give us like the, kind of what was the insight into, was he, was he going to, was he ever going to be a racehorse or was he bred for sport? And then how did this kind of, was a, it's a total like impulse buy, which is, which is totally typical of Ellie. <laughs> not a, so we were in, Kentucky staying at Clark Montgomery's um, Clark and Jess's place for a bit, like doing some eventing um, and our jumping coach, Richard Pickin, although I haven't seen him lately just because we're down here and he's not, um, he we're staying in Kentucky for a bit, riding with him. Uh, Jess said to Ellie, Oh, I'm going to go look at some thoroughbreds. Do you guys want to go? And I said, no. And Ellie said, yes. So we went <laughs> and went to the training track in Lexington and he they pulled it. I think it was like the first horse we looked at, but he was three. He was a stallion and he just won a race and then maybe wasn't so good in the, the one after that. But the guy was like, you know what? He, you know, he, he did his thing. I made my money. Um, he doesn't want to do it. Not that he's not fast, but he's not into it. And it, and I'm like, okay, three years old stallion. Like, come on, are you kidding me? There's no way this, this is not it's not like the track to buy when you're looking for an event horse. And in my mind, it's something to buy and bring along and resell and Ellie's as well, but she's a little more liberal in her thoughts. So, so 
so we they bring it out and, and of course it's like he's jet black he's probably 16 two or three like it's the most beautiful horse you've ever seen <laughs> and he trucks down the little alleyway and we're all like you gotta be kidding me like it's just beautiful <laughs> yeah i mean and he moved like a warm blood like he's not you know if you would seen him at an auction in germany you'd be like oh that's the one i want and he happened to be here um and so watched him jog and then and we said to jess like because she was there looking at horses we were just kind of tagging along and we were like well are you going to do something what's the deal and she was like you know what i don't really need to buy like a stallion and castrate him and go through all that i don't think that's what i what i want to do and so ellie and i kind of talked about it and i don't i can't remember the numbers but it, maybe they wanted maybe the guy wanted two grand for him and i was like well if we can get him for a thousand bucks tell you know we'll go get him today and blah blah, blah. and i'm thinking like and I, I have, I've bought a couple of thoroughbreds, not a ton. And what I didn't realize was that when they're done racing, the trainers have no use for them. Like, and, and not in a mean way, but they're done. Like, they, you know, they need to find their new home and get some money into them. Like, whether it's a thousand bucks or two thousand, it's just kind of cash. You know, it's like your money for, for guys in that business. So I called them. I said, hey, you know, I'll give you a thousand bucks. Or if it wasn't a thousand, it was near there. Um, cash and he was like all right cool you know come get him and I'm like, great so we went and picked him up put him on the trailer and then i think i told clark i was like oh, I'm sorry man you know we need another stall and he was like it's not for that stallion is it and i said yeah um brought him back and he he's he's a puppy i mean he's really sweet like if he's going you know to to cover a mare it's a that's a little different but mm-hmm. fair enough you know that you'd expect that um but he's awesome. I mean, he's just a really, really cool horse. And so we got him back here. That was the end of his three-year-old year. We, you know, kind of sat on him, made sure he was going to be okay. Started him over some jumps and right away, I mean, he just loved it. Like a total natural, tons of power. Um, again, you know, not thoroughbred really in his way of moving or jumping. He, he was just a beast. And Ellie rode him for a long time and did his, started him out eventing. And then I took him, he's just kind of, you know, he, he's 99% of the time. He's really sweet, does exactly what he's told. But in that moment where he is a stallion and he has that other thing on his mind, you kind of got to be tough on him and hate on him a little. And that's kind of why I started riding him. And Ellie did a great job on him. I mean, she got along with him. Great. He liked her, but you know, when you're hacking down the road and there's like a herd of mini ponies that he finds, you know, arousing, <laughs> you gotta, you gotta be ready to whoop up on him. So that's kind of why I've kept riding him and she's been, you know, awesome. Like she loves watching him go and she's a good owner. She's the one on the owner passport on that one. So gotcha. she's giving me that way. And then how do you, like, do you, uh, do you have like an ultimate plan for how, how many, how high up the levels you think you're going to try to get them? Or is it just, you know, kind of like, we'll just kind of see no plan. I mean, it's an, it's a nice horse to ride every day. I think he could jump advance. No problem. Wow. Obviously fast. He's a thoroughbred. Um, I think the big thing with stallions that you see is, you know, did they really want to run that fast and are they going to be that brave? Are they going to get a little careful? And, and I think my Ellie my philosophy on the whole thing is if we take it really slow and keep it fun for him because he loves it. Like he's really happy to do all three parts and he's brave cross country. I think if we take our time and really, you know, try to go advance when he's, you know, 10, 11 or whenever, but not maybe eight, then I think mm-hmm. he has a shot of being a really cool horse. Um, but if not, I mean, he, he, you know, I think we breed a lot of, a lot of people breed these eventing purpose bred horses to jumpers and 
he got no idea whether they would ever go cross country, you know, independent of the show jumping career that they have. So if he goes, you know, three star or does a couple advanced, I think that that's still a pretty successful horse. Oh yeah, and He's got two jobs, right? Like he, it's a fun horse for me to ride and kind of promote, but the breeding thing is the, a big part of it too. So whatever we do, it'll just be slow and we'll just have fun with them. I mean, it's nice to have a horse that you, that you own, like our family owns him and it's just kind of, no, it's kind of no pressure, but at the same point, it's like, well, he's our horse. So we want to do him right and treat him well and make sure that he has a, a chance to be an advanced horse if he is. So we'll see, awesome. but it's kind of all like jumping him around his first problem a couple of weeks ago. I was a little bit like, Oh, you know, we'll see what he does because he does everything. He's real laid back and, and he was amazing. So by that standard of stepping up when I wasn't sure if I can just keep him sweet, then I think he'll, I think he'll do everything I want him to do. Man. So we'll see. That's exciting. Yeah, it's exciting it to is. see Stallion on course just, and, and as a six year old to see, okay, here we go. We have some, some longevity, you know, some years yeah. ahead and let's, let's watch this young horse grow. And then, you know, potentially his, his offspring and all that, everything. So that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Totally. And speaking of the, the, on the, on the mare side of things are, do you yep. have your own brood mares or are you like the ones that you're breeding? Are they? Yes, yeah, so we've got our own brood mares and then we've got a couple, like what they call recipient mares where they carry the embryos from horses we bred. Um, and we bought, like we bought one specifically for that. We've got two mares here, um, that are recipient mares and, and we a little bit of everything basically kind of depends on the numbers, like how many we get each year. Um, and then like Ellie's four star mare that she rode around Bromont 2019, I think. Um, she had a little injury, so we bred her and she carried that foal. And he's just been born and he's he's amazing. So a little bit of everything just kind of depends on what's you know in the mix with horses what's around basically so exciting i i i hope i'm sorry for dwelling on the breeding i just we don't get too many breeders <laughs> no, we don't, on no. the show let alone no, it's the interesting I, I have to say like I, i'm all about it now i was pretty like not that i wasn't supportive but in my mind like i kind of made the last 10 years every you know, like the the where i've actually made money and done well is with the selling like I, i've kind of taken to that and seen the, the opportunity in that and Ellie has said for a long time, oh, I think the breeding actually could be something. And you do put a lot into it, but but she's been the one that like she's the breeder. Like I'm I'm happy to, you know, I'd like to say I'm the breeder, but she's the one that <laughs> when we get Ellie on, we can get the real answers yeah. to the breeding. <laughs> no, totally. And like I'm glad that I'm glad that she decided to take it on so seriously. Cause I think it's awesome now. But it took me time to kind of figure out, you know, okay, this is something that not a ton of people are doing and there are some great breeders here, but I think that maybe the disconnect is you, you breed this great horse and then for six years of its life, where are they? Mm-hmm. You know, like not every breeder rides and not every breeder has a connection to, you know, like that DD Callahan that gives that, that, um, own not, maybe not owns horses for Doug, but the ones that he buys from her, um, not everybody has that connection. Like, you know, what a connection to have in calling Doug when you think you have a great horse at two years old, like, that's what needs to happen more, I guess is my, my point. And he's got, you know, obviously a ton of respect for her because he's had so many good horses from her. Um, so that's kind of our goal is we breed them, but then hopefully we can bring them up the right way and do all the work in the right way. And then you have a nice horse. That's the idea. And then your sales side that you said is your forte. Are these people bringing you horses for, for sale or are these horses you're picking up and trying to like grow and, and then usually, 
usually we buy like I it started with horses that would get sent in that needed to go event and get their record sorted out and then I'd event them a couple of times and then sell them um, and then I had a guy in Chicago that, that I actually approached him to own a horse and he was like he very politely said no but he was like he's actually a big car dealer and he was like why don't we buy a couple to resell um, which I knew how to do I had an idea of what that was going to look like but it, when you're a kid, like I was like 17 when I started doing that. And he was like, all right. And he, he lived by us. We were family friends and he's, I was, I was home. And he's like, okay, you know, find a horse. Then we'll talk about the plan. And he, so I found one, I actually had one of mine already. And I was like, oh, I think we could buy this and sell it for this. And, blah, blah. and he's like, all right, I'll, I'll come by. We'll talk. He came by and handed me cash. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I kind of not blew my mind, but I was like, oh, this is real. Um, so I started with that and then we did like four or five more and it went from like, you know, thoroughbreds that had been restarted. I'd have them training level, we'll sell them. I did that like four or five times. And then I was like, you know, well, everybody else seems to be bringing these horses over from Europe and selling them here. You want to give that a shot? And he was, he, he, I think that to me, it blew my mind that we were making some money and doing well. And to him, it was kind of something he was willing to lose money at to help me because he wow. we were friends. Yeah. He's just a good guy. Um and I did I never lost the money. I mean, luckily enough, I think we might have sold something for what we bought it for type of thing and put some time into it. But but he was great. So then I started bringing some horses over from Europe and Ellie and I would kind of pick them, bring them over. And then I've had some other people that have kind of stepped in and, and bought some horses to sell it. I probably we probably do uh uh, maybe five a year from that side where we really go and find them, buy them, bring them over, produce them. Mm-hmm. Um, the next year, I think we'll do more. We're kind of on track to do. We've done three this year. You know, we'll probably go this fall, depending on what that looks like, buy a couple more. Um, but that's kind of, the, that's the main thing that I kind of focus on. And Ellie's is the breeding, mine's the sales. And then, you know, horses and training. And, um, some of the people that are involved in the sales side have, you know, they event themselves on an amateur level. So we help them, and um, that type of thing. And then the other side is horses that we compete for people or owners or, and that's kind of a small piece of it right now. Hopefully it gets bigger, but I think it takes, when you look at these guys that we all want to be like, it takes a long time. So yeah. I think yeah. that's going in the right direction, but it's Heck only, yeah. hopefully it's only going to get better. Yeah. Dang. That's pretty sweet. It is sweet. And we do have to get Ellie on. I mean, obviously the business mm-hmm. is so we. Yeah. You know, it's tough. Oh. You always have like when these couples, you know, you always have to, one comes on first and then I, you know, we hope we don't ever ruffle feathers with the other one, but you gotta, you know. you gotta break the ice. Right. Then you go back stuff. to Ellie and say, Hey, these guys are nice people. You know what I mean? Rob's our little iffy, but Karen's sweet. You know? yeah, Rob's questionable. But Karen's- <laughs> <laughs> that's not the first time that's been uh, said. Ellie. No. <laughs> All right, so Alex, we're going to have a little fun. We're going to play quick fire questions. Quick fire questions. And this quick fire questions is brought to you by Taylor Harris Insurance Services. So we're going to ask you five questions. And of course, we grade you at the end. Strict grading criteria. Yeah, very strict. Okay. No pressure. Uh, Favorite rider growing up? Um. Ooh, Bruce Davidson. Ooh, Very easy. good. Good answer. Also a strong start. Yeah. Strong start. All right. Do you have any good luck or superstitions before you go out cross country? Um, in my head, I don't, but I know I put on my left 
things on my left side first. I know that because if I do it, if I do the opposite, then I'm very quick to take it back off and then do the other side. So that's definitely a superstition. You feel a little cattywampus if you do it the other way? Yeah, totally. (laughs) Okay. Do you have a cross-country theme pump-up song? Uh, No, actually. I feel like I get very, like, like time kind of slows down when I'm getting ready to do that, which sounds really dumb, but I feel like I get very calm and same thing when I go in the ring. I think I get kind of, I don't get hyped up. I get very kind of chill and quiet. Ice in the veins. Ice in the veins. (laughs) I think that's what it is, but maybe I'm nervous. I don't think I'm, I'm not really a nervous person. I'm pretty chilled out. So I don't know, but I would say I go the other way on it. Okay. All right. So Kentucky is next week. Yeah. Who's which your person? actually this week. Well, which is, this, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. The show will be coming out Kentucky be, week. Yep. The show's coming out Kentucky week. Who is your predicted winner? Oliver Tannen, Ballamore class. Oh. Oh. <sighs> He's going British on us, Karen. <laughs> I've, I've, I've got, I thought about this because I thought you guys might ask that. And that, I, and I did, I kind of re-looked at the entries. That, that's who I think will win. Who do I want to? I want Boyd to win on that Setsu I think that's that's hands down got a shot. And if he beat Ollie, I'd love it. I think that'd be great. That's my vote. That'd be awesome. Um, but his money is Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how could it not be though? I mean, he's yeah, I know. got right. Like, why? Yeah. And then Ellie said Ellie said the prices. One of the prices. That's okay. what she thinks. Which actually, that could be too. That could yeah. definitely be. Yeah. Yeah. You have two. <sighs> Equally as amazing riders in the know. prices. It's just like goodness. Yeah. You know, no, they're awesome. It. So. Cool. Nice people. Like good. Nice people. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So last question. If you could ride any horse, past, present, or fiction, who would it be? Oh. Um. Oh, that's a good question. Maybe um maybe Mr. Medicott. Ooh. Oh, that's a good one. Such a cool yeah. horse. Yeah, that's that, a great that's answer. A, and I, I, again, I thought about this recently, sitting on this porch talking to Ellie, but it was late at night, and I don't remember what what I said. I know I came up with something. Actually, I did say that Belmore class horse of Ollie Tonnins. That's the one. I think that thing is unbelievable. Yeah. So that Mr. Medicott, for one that everybody knows, and we've all seen him, and then uh, um, Belmore class. I think that'd be – I don't know that I, I'm quite sure I couldn't ride him like He's being ridden now, but <laughs> I'd have fun trying. I wouldn't really care. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Good answers. Good answer. Answers. A plus plus. A plus plus. I love it. Very thoughtful answers. I appreciate yeah. that, you And he was them. quick too. And you were quick. You know, bonus bonus points. I, I kind of blurted out whatever I thought, and then I started trying to justify it in my head. <laughs> when we well, get Ellie on, we'll have to grade her against you. And yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She wouldn't elaborate as much, but she'd have the answers. Like she thinks about it, you know, what horse could, would you would you want to ride any horse in the world? I think that she's pretty insightful on that stuff. Hey, do you guys ever coach each other at all? Or I know she's, you know, yeah, is that against the rules? No, it's not an against the rules, and it's kind of a it's a hard thing, right? Like I know Ellie knows a lot of a lot of stuff, um, but you're with each other every day, and I'd like to think that I really take advice well but i know i don't um and she and 
it, it works well too though because Ellie and I are very opposite in what we're good at. Not very opposite, but like I would not be the horse. I would not be the person you'd send your horse to train on the flat. Not that I don't look like I know what I'm doing, but like that wouldn't be my thing. Like I don't have a bunch of theories on how I'm going to get things improved. You could put Ellie on a donkey and she'd have it going far past whatever level it looked capable of. She's very, very good at that. She's got a great feel. Horses like her. Um, so I, I, I like to think that she coaches me on the flat and helps me a lot. I know she helps me a lot. I think I don't always take it the way she wants, but she's super helpful. Um, and I think I've jumped a lot of horses around and, and worked for a lot of people and ridden a lot of difficult horses. So I think that I, I'm helpful with that. Um, but yeah, we, we help each other a lot it, all the time is the answer, but it, it's a, it'd probably be easier if we were friends and not husband and wife to coach each other. <laughs> we, we do help each other a lot and it's a great, it's a really good asset. I think gotcha. for sure. And you know, one last question, couple of questions mm-hmm. I got asked. So the, the, you have the little, you have your little baby, right? So how's, yeah. how's that all working out? How's, how's bouncing the parenthood and the riding and all work? It's a balancing act. I didn't, <laughs> and not that I didn't think it would be, but like, it's a lot. Um, and Ellie is like super ambitious and wants to go and ride all day long and be in the barn and do that side of it. Um, so it, it, it's taking time and Mike, we're still figuring it out. Like she's 15 months old. Initially my parents live here and my mom, um, doesn't work. So she is super helpful and watches her a lot. Um, but my brother still lives at home and is young and, and needs help with some things. So she kind of has him to look after as her first job. So, you know, it'd be great if Fiona could go to grandma's at seven thirty in the morning and we could ride all day long, but that's just not how it goes. I mean, everybody's yeah. got a life, um, beyond what we need them for. Right. So, we're trying to figure that out. And then we had a babysitter that would come at like eight to two and she was amazing. And that we really started rock and roll with that, but then she got another full-time job. And so that didn't work out, which was unfortunate, but now we're looking for somebody else. So if anybody out there wants to be like an Annie and come here and bring your horse and live in one of the apartments in the barn and do that, call us. We're ready. Mm. Come tomorrow. It's a good, it's a, it's a good setup. It's a nice farm. Um, you know, we're, we're easy. Like we, we like to have fun and I'd love for somebody to be here and watch her. Like, I'm not crazy about sending her out to daycare. Not yeah. that there's anything wrong. But I just think it's fun when she's here. Sure. So and he loves to be in the barn and run around. So I think that we still got to figure out what the perfect mix is for her, but she's happy. I mean, she doesn't care. She's thinks every day is an adventure. She's good. <laughs> she looks good on a horse. Fiona got a, little, a couple pictures on top of horseback and. She like yeah. yeah, she's cute. Yeah. Adorable. She's really <laughs> awesome. So, hey, so uh, we always like to ask for advice for, for people coming up in the sport. So what, what, what type of advice would you give that young rider that's that's looking to maybe uh, do this? I think, um, I think the best advice I would give, and one that I never thought about, but I did end up doing it, was that I think if you want to do this, I think you have to – you know, like invest in your education in being a horse trainer or rider or whatever. Like you got to go somewhere that is really going to teach you how to do what you want to do. And it's not that you got to go work for the best rider in the country or whatever. You got to go, like, if you want to be, if you want to buy and sell horses, go work for somebody that does that really well and ask them how they do it. Because I, I think I've never met somebody in the horse industry that doesn't want to kind of share how they do things and 
you know, and some of it might be from arrogance and, oh, I'm, you know, I'm so good at it and this is why, but figure it, you know, talk to them and figure it out and ask questions and put the time into it. Because I think that was the thing that, that my parents didn't get and they're very supportive and they, they love the horses and stuff, but they were not into this. Like they were like, are you out of your mind? Why would you want to do that? Because again, you know, being a horse trainer in Chicago is teaching lessons and riding one, you know, moderately nice horse and that's it. Um, so I didn't know. And then once I kind of got out there and started to figure out how to do different pieces of it, they thought it was really cool, but they were not, you know, into the idea that their kid was going to go and be a horse trainer. Cause it's, it's different depending on where you live and your resources here and where we live. I mean, you can do anything. Like we got the world equestrian center 10 minutes away. I can go show jump for two days, go to the horse show at the horse park and event. Like there's tons of resources. Um, so I think you got to, take it serious. Like you got to go be a working student or an apprentice or whatever you want to call it. And that's your, that's your college, like work hard for four, not four years, but it's going to, and that's the other thing. It's not going to be a year or two. It's going to be like a continuing education. You got to find somebody you kind of bow down to and, and figure out what works for them. You know, like, mm-hmm. and then if you do it that, if you look at it that way, it's not that scary. Like I think to think, Oh, I'm not going to go to college. I'm going to go ride horses. That's a little bit like, uh, it's kind of unknown and, who knows what's going to come of it. But if you think about it, go spend four years with, you know, whoever you really think does it well. Like, I, and I think to be honest, I think I could have done that longer. Um, not that it didn't go well, but I think there was still some stuff I didn't know mainly on the business end because just, you know, just because you get some people to buy into sale horses or send you horses in training, like, you really know you, you don't like you get the you make money and you pay your fee bill and you do all that but you really don't know what you're supposed to be planning for or doing after that and i think i probably could have learned more about that than i did um but i was lucky to not fully fail in figuring it out <laughs> i think that's my best advice and, and it is you, you gotta take it seriously i mean there's no reason you can't make money doing this i think you gotta just look at you know, somebody that's doing it and try to get in their head about how to do it. You know, like I think the the a good example for me was Clayton because he did a lot of different things. Like he he and it wasn't that he always did them. Like he he rode and went to England and had two horses and then start turned that into something. And then he coached um I can't remember what his name was Alex Huatien. He coached him at the Olympics and brought him up from like one star to four star and bought him horses. And he, he did that. And then he had a saddlery company. Now he's got the stabling company. Like you want to talk about somebody successful in the industry that doesn't just ride. Yeah. He's the guy. I mean, and there are a lot more people like that. It's just an example that I have experience with, but you know, look at people like that. Ask questions. They, they're happy to, you know, tell, tell you how they got there. And I think they're pretty flattered in, in hearing, you know, the questions. So I think you got to find somebody that you really look up to and, and chase them around and annoy them. That's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like good advice to me. It is. For it sure. is. So, Alex, as we wind things down, we always love to give a shout out to sponsors and supporters. So, who do you have behind you? Who do we got? We have Forest DA Saddles, who we love. And they've been with us for a couple of years now, and we're big fans and very grateful to them. Uh, Triple Crown Feed. Uh, Katie Wentz is the the rep that we use and she's been great to us. She's awesome. She's local. Um, we've got, 
uh, what's it called? The horse education company. They make these hybrid halters. It's kind of like a rope halter, but it has leather on them and it kind of makes them like a show quality halter. We use those and we love them. And it's great to teach horses just kind of general groundwork, which we do a ton of because we have all these babies. Um, we've got OGS organic gut solution, and that's been like a total game changer. Anybody that has a horse with a sensitive stomach or kind of a hot, you know, hot tempered, a little bit rough around the edges. That's a great product. Um, Chris Grant and her husband, Carl, they're amazing people. They're local to us and they've started this company from the ground up and they've started, you know, pushing it and it's in like, you can get it at tractor supply. You can get it here in Florida. At, um, TT distributors, the name of the place, or just go online, ask, message me. I'll, I'll tell you where to get it, but that's a great product and, and they're really good people. So it's, it's great to have their support and it's great to support them. And then, um, who else do we have? I think that's kind of, we, I mean, sponsors, those are kind of companies and products. Um, beyond that, you know, Ellie and I are very grateful to her mom for kind of believing in us and helping us along with everything we do and owning some great horses. And then, um, Barb Leitner is a really good owner of mine. That's been with me a while now and she's just wonderful. You know, she has no reason to, you know, keep playing the game and doing the sale horse thing and owning some horses along the way, but she's great. Um, so that, that's kind of the, the bulk of it. We've got some good people and good, good products behind us. That's and that awesome. definitely helps. You can't do it without it. Hey, we're yeah. on the same team. Triple crown feed. Triple crown. Triple crown. Woo woo. <laughs> Yes, yes they are. How do our uh, listeners follow along? Do you have social media website? We've got a O'Neill Equestrian Facebook page for our business. And then we have an O'Neill Equestrian Instagram that I have on my phone that I don't use, but Ellie does it. Um, And there's, she posts a lot. It's a lot of Fiona spam, but she's cute. So if you follow (laughs) Not the worst thing to pop into your newsfeed. No. And it usually has to do with horses or dogs or something funny. So, um, and then we have a website, O'NeillEquestrian.com, that Ellie just redid. And it's awesome. She did a good job. You can find information about whatever's for sale, um, information on the breeding. And we try not to sell a ton of foals or, you know, embryos or things like that, but we do sell some. So it's a good place to kind of see what's available and, um, you know, and what, what we're thinking breeding wise, I think that's kind of interesting. Like if you are a small breeder and have a couple mares, it's kind of fun to look at what other people are doing and can kind of see what's worked for us and what we think, you know, might be a good cross, stuff like that. So that's kind of the social media side of it for us. Wow. Very cool. Yeah, we'll we'll link that up in the show notes. Yeah, that'll yeah. be in the show notes. So, I love the fact that we're you can see your you can see your stallion out there competing and just you know, you know exactly what type of temperament and athleticism that's coming from the stallion. You know, a lot of times we yeah. see the mares, we see the moms, but we're really the dads, we have to right. go over records and when it's cool too. I mean, like you know when we breed a lot of uh, foreign stallions too, but you know, with him, like I think maybe not all the people that have bred to him, but most of them have you know, texted us and said, Hey, I'm, you know, in town, can I come see him or whatever? And if he's working that day, they can come watch him go or come see him in the stall or in the field or, and we're all about that. Like if anybody wants to breed to him and you see his name on the entry uh, forms, you know, come by his stall. Like he's cool. You're more than welcome to come by. That's awesome. So I think that's cool. I think that's something. Yeah. It's kind of interesting to think about. 
Yeah. That's one thing I, I mean, maybe this is a, a two to my answer. This one thing I enjoy about doing this show is that we get the opportunity to talk to people and hear, you know, Alex say, hey, come by. You know, like, I'm open. Mm-hmm. We're friendly people. Yeah. We wouldn't mind a visitor. You, you know, like, we're here. And, and, and I think that that's one reason why we do this show is for you to be able to have that opportunity to speak to people and say, Hey, come on by and say hello, you know, meet, meet the, meet the horses. Oh, totally. and, I think, and I think I don't like, I'm not a big name in this at all, but I'm at every event and I ride a bunch of horses. And I think some people like, you know, might think about, Oh, I wonder, but maybe I'll bring my mare to that stallion. But I mean, I'm, I'm just laid back as they come, like I'm friendly, you know, come talk to me about it or come by, like I said, come by and see him and, I love talking about it. I mean, obviously it's, it's something that we put a, Ellie and I put a lot of time and effort into, and yeah. you know, what, a what better compliment than somebody wanting to see something you've spent time on and worked hard at. Right. So yeah. I think cool. that's what I'm talking about. I love it. And you know, I gotta be honest. I'm a little bit jealous before we got started this. I didn't realize Alex has a, a really sweet little bourbon that he's sipping on. <laughs> Uh, I got to ask you, I'm a kind of a whiskey guy. I'm recently into whiskeys, maybe over the past couple of years. So, so what, what are you drinking now? And do you have like a favorite whiskey or bourbon or what do you like? So this is Basil Hayden and it is by far my favorite, but I bought it most recently because it was on sale. It was 38 instead of like 50 something, which I had Ellie get some for me a couple months ago and, and I, she never looked at anything, you know, related to bourbon. And she was like, Oh my God so expensive and i was like but you're you're not drinking a bottle right buy a nice bottle of red wine you knock it out with two people in a night at least we do i don't know about everybody but um yeah i mean it's it's a good it's a good bourbon i mean it's smooth easy to drink um but the overindulge you don't feel too bad which you know in the horse world is much appreciated (laughs) 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 i get up and go to work anyway they're sippers they're sippers but that's my favorite that's what i like to drink very cool well, I got well, I got my, my favorite bourbon of all time was a gift gifted to us yeah. by the McGregor's up here at the Fairhill area. They know who they are, the McGregor's and uh, there was Blanton's and they gave us some Blanton's. Oh, that's so, a good one. That's a good one. It's really, really wonderful. And now it's super hard to get. Or, it's always hard to get. Yeah. I haven't really been able to buy it. Yeah. Know, buy the no, bottle, looking, so. I want to collect yeah. the tops. Yeah. You got to be committed to drink that stuff, though. That's a little higher octane than what I'm used to. But I get <laughs> really good yeah awesome. basil hayden's excellent too i love it and i like the scotches and and uh i like to go to i like i don't know if you like the smoky scotches this is kind of off the eventing topic but yeah. i don't know if you ever yeah. drink scotch or but yeah. uh, i like the the lafroig and the ard bags and that isla where it's peated scotch and acquired yeah. taste but uh, it's smoky. we're going to scotland um for a little bit in august well hopefully we'll see right nobody can really make plans but we're trying to go in august so we got a horse trip that we need to do and go kind of restock on some stuff. So we're going to do a week up there and I'm really excited. And I, and when I went, I went years ago with Ellie, but I wasn't really into the scotches then, but now even for the, the history and the kind of seeing the buildings and stuff, they make it. Yeah. And I'm all about it. Dang, and I'm not, Karen. So if you need a valet, let me know. I'm in. I'll carry your bags. I'll carry your bags. He could be your nanny. I'll be your nanny. <laughs> I'll be your manny. Don't say that. You're hired. You're like, we've, we've talked to a lot of people. It's harder to find than I would think. But but yeah, your, your, your outline's looking good. 
good, good around horses. You have kids. Yeah, my kids all survived. Right? Yeah, to they did. <laughs> so far. Your, does your son still work for Boyd? Yeah. yeah. The, you, have, you have two boys? Yep, yep. We have an older son. He rides too, but he, he's in the corporate world. He works in banking. And, uh, gotcha. He's got a real successful job in that, and uh, and then our younger son Joe, he works for Boyd. He um, he's just about to turn twenty one. He started yeah. with Boyd. He was at fourteen. Fourteen years old. I was gonna say I've never met him, just because I, and I've, I've seen him at shows, and I know he's been there a long time. The next time I see him, I'll, I'll shout at him. It's just one of those things where he's always working like a dog and hustling yeah. and um. Buddy, Manny, I mean, if he's been there that long, he must love it, huh? Yeah, yeah, yep, he does. Yep. And now, and now he's to the point where I think he's home more than going to the shows. I think that now he's he's more valuable when Boyd's at the show than actually, yeah, you know, really grooming rock. for him at home, to helping you know yeah. take care of things back at home. So, yeah, he's not That's even anytime soon. Boyd actually just re- renovated the 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 groom's quarters and also, I mean, they're really really beautiful and. Um, about that that's awesome yeah so we he doesn't live at home anymore he's out there full time and yeah we so lost who do, him. who do you guys pick to win rolex then or not oh, rolex yeah. and rover well i um, you better hope boys not listen to this it, it, <laughs> it's it's gonna be an american and i'm gonna go with boyd yeah and liz sure. is my second yeah pick. i thought that after i said that i think she's yeah for sure Good I choice. like I like Karen's answers. I like I like Boyd. You know, I know. Well, look, they all work so hard. I just think that Boyd's kind of due, and uh, and Liz is due, and we have a lot of good Americans. And I think yeah. that we might have a little yeah. bit of an edge because we've been open for business and been able to compete and oh, train a little oh. bit more. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It'd be it could be you know not that there's going to be a year where the Europeans flop, but there, there, there's probably more reason for it than there has been ever. Right? Yeah. Yes. I, I would think. I, mean, I guess I kind of hope deep down, but I want everybody to do their best and see who wins. Yeah, so we'll see. For sure. We got a lot I of should. good horses and a lot of good riders in America, and the team's really been clicking. And and you know, you've been on the training yeah. list in the past, so you kind of see how the programs are working. And yeah, I think it's awesome. I think they got, I think they got it going on. I mean, Eric, I, I've never been with Eric, but you know super knowledgeable guy everybody seems to really respect him leslie who is in charge of the list i was on is awesome mm-hmm. um you know pretty pretty wonderful trainer but unbelievable rider and i like that he's coaching and he's still in it like i like that he teaches you a lesson then you can go beat him if you really learn yeah. um which i never did he always beat me but <laughs> uh, and then peter wilde i guess is the jumping guy now mm-hmm. Everybody seems to really like him. I haven't met him, but but I think that's a great um, kind of a great influence to have. I mean, I think America's show jumping is pretty unbelievable, and we've got some of the best venues. Like, there's no reason people shouldn't be utilizing those people and those venues, and we should be rocking. I mean, for sure, yeah, for sure, all year, right? Yeah, right, absolutely. And we saw Devander actually over. We were in Aiken, and. You know, you'd see Devan, Eric Devander, he he would be like, he, he varies under the radar, was at some shows we saw, like kind of coaching just quietly. Like, I don't know, it's just kind of weird. Like if if uh, if you really didn't know any better, you you wouldn't realize, hey, there's like the team Olympic coach totally. right there, yeah. um, uh, you know, just just in, just down and getting dirty, you know, in his blue jeans, getting his hands dirty, just coaching people up. Uh, yeah. 
on a midday no, dressage not. show or a show jumping show. So he's, he's always working hard. And I think that, I think the riders are working hard and I think the people on the selection committees are working hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's just really clicking. So hopefully this is our year. Yep. I hope so. So, well, look at that. It's dark in the background. I back porch. I've seen the sun <laughs> setting behind you. So, yeah, um, no, it's, Alex, this is a really lot of fun and we really can't wait to meet you. And I really hope someday you and I get to sit down and maybe have a little, little toast together and we'll do it. We'll do it. Coming. I'll figure out, I'll figure out when that might be. All right, but, uh, that sounds good. Well, that's actually, your number I'm, now. So you're in trouble. <laughs> perfect. I'm a big fan. Like I said, I love, I love listening to you guys and I've listened to, you know, a ton of episodes. My, I think, uh, Richard, Richard Pickin was the one that turned me on to it. He's a great guy and great horseman. And so, he is a uh, first class gentleman. He is. And uh yeah. we're wishing well. We're wishing well for sure. Big, big fan. So awesome. Well, Karen, this is fantastic. Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Hopefully we'll get to have a bourbon rob. I'll be looking for you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please like Major League Venning on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And join our community, Major League Venners, on Facebook. Cheers.